Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the modalidade on BTV, you can now catch the recaps and also modalidade talk on Befig Independent, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between a Befig uh, Independent. The only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Befig Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. Que é liberado, que é crer, que é mental, que é o caráter das pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. Até à morte. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Fica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas with you. Uh, with me also, Dave de Oliveira. What's going on, Dave? Nothing much, Alfredo. Great to be back on tonight. It's been a while. We went away on uh, international break. We uh, got the sun. We got some tan, but we're back here to uh, talk all things Benfica. Yeah, it has been a while, and even this week we were trying to line up things to uh, to record a podcast, and we couldn't do it on Tuesday. Then yesterday we had another thing, and then today we're finally here. Uh, unfortunately, Cristiano couldn't be here with us. He promises that he will be here next week. Uh, and now that uh, that Benfica is doing so well, and JJ, his boy JJ, is doing so well, he obviously wants to be here to to gloat. <laughs> I, I feel like there's some sort of correlation when there's big breaks of Cristiano on the podcast. Benfica goes on a roll. I'm pretty sure last time he was on a break, uh, Vitoria got fired and Laj was put in place, and we ended up going on a roll to win the championship. So only good things come when uh, Cristiano takes these big breaks of his. I think you might be right because um, remember when we had that podcast in which I announced that Vitoria was gone, but he really wasn't gone. He wasn't there around that time. He he was there, but then that was his last episode. That was his last. Yeah, episode. you're right. That was his last episode, and then and then uh, yeah, then all that happened, and, and Lash took over. But but yeah, it, there might be a little bit of coincidence. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he, he said that he'll be back next week. Um, episode 403 is what we're up to. Uh, really, a uh, couple things that we have on our menu: Braga, which was uh, ages ago before this international break, and. We're not going to get too much into it. And then we have uh, Maritim that happened just this past weekend. Uh, and we'll look ahead to Paso Freire, another another important game for Benfica's aspirations of wanting to uh, keep in those European places or Champions League uh, qualifiers at least. Um, so really, uh, the Braga game, and, and we could just uh, discuss it real quick, Dave. 
Um, Benfica went to Braga uh, with the opportunity to leapfrog uh, Braga uh, in the standings and take over that uh, third place, which will give you, uh, will get you into that pre-qualifiers. And Benfica up until this point, they hadn't really uh, beaten any of the teams that are above them. They haven't beaten Sporting. They haven't beaten Porto. They haven't beaten Braga. And here's a chance. Benfica comes into this game um, on a on a good streak, on a good momentum. And I have to say that the team uh, has been um, gathering some momentum up until this point to this Braga game, gather some momentum and the team is playing better. Uh, and everything that JJ had mentioned about the COVID and can't train with players and we need to train. And now that the players have finally gotten the COVID off their back and, and past COVID, it seems that now that the tra- training regularly, also not being in Europe, has helped the team achieve some consistency. So they come into this game against Braga at a high, if you will. Uh, and I think that Benfica ends up winning this game uh, fairly. Um, and I know that there was some some things, some some factors that played into it. Uh, the Braga men um, you, being ejected in the 40th minute of the of the of the first half obviously was a was a big factor. But I thought that Benfica was dominant, uh, and I thought that the win came naturally. Uh, and I don't know. I know it's a while ago, and I don't know how much you recall of that game. But I thought that Benfica was a a just winner. For sure. And I thought they came into this match uh, treating it like a, a business trip. They knew that they had to come in and get the, the positive result in order to leapfrog uh, Braga. And from the uh, start of the whistle there, I think, uh, like you said, Benfica dominated this game. Sure, you can point to in the, the uh, ref's decision there in the 40th minute. But again, I believe it was a, a worthy second uh, yellow. And uh, from there, Benfica managed to get their goal right before uh, halftime. Uh, uh, tricky little play there by Seferovic uh, to give Rafa the ball. So he's one-on-one with the uh, keeper and he puts it away. Um, and then from there, we end up getting the uh, 2-0 uh, scoreline there. But I think it could have uh, been a lot more than just uh, 2-0 there. Yeah. And then Rafa returned the favorite to Seferovic and Seferovic uh, scored in the 56th minute and uh, I think we end up uh, coming out of the Pedreira uh, with the three points. And, and as I mentioned, justly. Um, and I think that uh, it really, Benfica, it was really probably at their best moment as they head into this Braga game. Uh, and I didn't have, I had some reservations in terms of how the game was going to work out, but I thought that Benfica was in a very good position to be able to beat this Braga team. If you ask me two, three months ago, I may have may have not felt as confident back then, but I think as we were playing and as we see the team progressing and their evolution and some of the more uh, some of the routines becoming a little bit more visible, I really thought that Befica was going to have a good a good game against Braga and, and they sure will sure would. So, what the uh, what numbers we got on this game so we could uh, move on. I know it's uh, nice and, and, and quick, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think there's more that we could talk about the game that happened three weeks ago. 
Yeah, for sure. Some quick stats here. Uh, Rafa scored against his uh, former clubs. Uh, second time that's happened. First time was back in uh, April 2019. Uh, you also said Seferovic got on the uh, score mark. That's his, that was at the time uh, third consecutive match uh, for Seferovic. Uh, scoring uh, scoring a goal, and that was the first time that happened since uh, February ninth, uh, twenty nineteen. And uh, Benfica handed Braga their first defeat at home since the second week of the season when Braga lost to uh, Santa Clara. So, all positive stats last uh, yeah. last game against Braga. Yeah, I mean that. I mean to, to think about it, that we we have uh, we have that was ten games left in in the. I, there was 10 games remaining in the championship. And to think that Braga hadn't lost the game yet at home, um, it's remarkable that Befica was able to do that. And I know that some, we've had years that we've, we've, we've had stretches and seasons where we've been, we've done good at the Pedreira and we've had other stretches of seasons that we haven't done uh, so good. I think that Carvalhal is doing a very good job with, with Braga this year. Uh, but like you said, Benfica was all business for this game. I think that they they knew what they needed to to do. Um, I also think that the players understand that if they make the Champions League, there's there's bonuses associated with it. So that you know, that's always a motive for extra motivation. Uh, and I know that um, we often talk about modern football and how it's all about about money and and players that have no allegiance to their clubs they they're professionals and they they worry about money and they worry about making more money and certainly when you dangle a carrot uh that's called champions league not only is there money involved as a bonus of getting in the champions league but also there's prestige uh and as a player at a club level i'm the biggest competition that you want to play in is the champions league so certainly uh, like you said, all business knew what they had to do, um, and I and they just did the job. Uh, and then came international break. Um, international break probably came at the worst time for Benfica uh, because I think that if Benfica gets on a roll from there without having this two week break period, um, I think that the team would have probably been better um, than what they are. Um, but they've International break also brought some some controversy. Vlakodimos, who got called to the Greek national team, uh, gave an interview to a Greek um, media outlet in which he said that he's ready to move on uh, for Benfica. And obviously, this comes at a time where he lost his spot to to Helton. Um, JJ was asked in a press conference before the Maritim game. What he thought about it, he said that the players, when they go on international duty, they shouldn't be talking about club, uh, the club and international duty. They should be just talking about national teams. Um, he also said uh, something along the lines that uh, that no player, I don't uh, allow players to question me on why uh, they don't play. Um and, uh, you know, th- there was a lot of uh, ink that was written and on Twitter and, and the papers about this whole thing. Um, let's let's break this down. First of all, do you agree that Flacodim is an international break? Shouldn't be talking about club. Uh, I guess into this in this context, the way he was speaking about cl- club and uh, that he's lost his job and 
to me, it sounds like he, he's given up. He's not even going to to fight to get uh, his spot back in the uh, starting eleven. I do have a, a problem with uh, with that. Obviously, he wasn't talking, speaking in positive terms uh, in, in the club. So, yeah, a little a little uh, discouraged about that. But, yeah. Um, but uh, I know I also saw JJ. They asked if he was going to discipline uh, Vlako Demos, and he kind of gave a a backhand, saying, "Well." He's on the. He's not. There's no discipline because he's not going to be uh, starting anyways, or along those. Uh, yeah. Those long along those lines. So you can tell there's some some uh, bad blood brewing there between the two of them. I think at this point, um, you can thank uh, Vlako Demos for his years that he's been with the club, but I think it's best for all parties to uh, go their separate ways at this point. Yeah. Look, I and he he mentioned something about uh, players approach things in in two different manners one is uh for themselves so they're in it from themselves and and the other one they're in it for the collective or for the team that's what jj mentioned uh and i thought that uh granted you know the guy has freedom of speech and he could talk about whatever he wants outside benfica um i don't think that he should avoid uh, the club, but you could always take the high road and tell the journalist or the interviewer, hey, I'm here to represent the national team and I'd like to discuss any topics related to the national team. So I, I get that, that he could have taken that high road in terms of that. But in terms of if you're the national team, you speak about whatever you want. You speak about your wife, you speak about how Benfica got your cat from the tree, whatever you want, you could, you could talk about because, you know, as far as I know, um, you have the freedom to do that. Um, the other thing um, that I, that I think in, in the thing about JJ not allowing players or he, he, allowing players to to ask them why they don't pl- why they don't play, um, and I, I could see the pro- and the problem which people have thought about the statement and felt that this was a problem. Well, who who are you that you're not receptive to a player asking you why he doesn't play? But what people don't understand is that if you're in training are being asked to perform certain tasks and to play a certain way and you're not executing or you're not corresponding to the expectations that are that are being set upon you, then you shouldn't have a reason to even ask, why am I not playing? Because if you know you're failing on those objectives that have been set forth by the coach, there shouldn't be a reason. There shouldn't be any doubt on, on why you're not playing. Um, obviously this, this whole change, uh, we've talked about it here about, you know, what, what did Vlakodimus do so bad to, to lose his, uh, his position. And we don't know, we're not in training. Uh, we don't have, uh, the advice of the goalkeepers, uh, coach, uh, that is the one that's chirping in, in JJ's ear and saying, well, this guy does this better. This guy does that better. We don't know. I've talked about this with Chris um, and certainly there's some distinction distinctions that we can make between health and, and Flacodemus. And one of them, and perhaps the, the biggest one is the, the control, the aerial control of the box. I think that Helton has a lot more of that than Vlakodimus. I think that Vlakodimus is perhaps a, a better shot stopper than, than Elton late is, but here's the thing that, that control of the box and control of the depth uh, and defense is that's how it is, how does that affect the rest of the team? 
Because if if you look, Dave, um, after this Braga game and now this Marito game, that's six clean sheets that Benfica has had. So is the, the fact that the guy gives confidence to the back line in terms of going up for balls and grabbing balls, is this something that it's almost like uh, by proxy he makes the defensive line better uh, and not so much on his individual talent? What, what do you think? Yeah, you can make that argument as well. Also, during that time, I think Lucas, Lucas Verismo has been integrated into that back line as well. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely can uh, see the argument there for um, Helton's uh, aerial uh, ability because we definitely seen the other side of that with Vlaco Dimos and um, his lack of aerial uh, control. And for example, the Sporting game, which was one of the his last games uh, that he started for us, right? And not just to pinpoint that Sporting game, that's it wasn't the only time that uh, he made mistakes like that uh, during his uh, his career here with Benfica. So, um, and and I'm sure there's things like you said that we we don't get to see uh, as fans that uh, go on b- behind closed doors at the uh, training session. So I'm sure that this wasn't just a spur of the moment thing that JJ wanted to get Vlaco out. I'm sure that he's been seeing how both of these keepers have been progressing in training. And you know what? He gave uh, Helton the opportunity. And to be honest, Helton hasn't looked back. He's taken it uh, by the, uh, the horns here. And yeah. like you said, six, six consecutive clean sheets uh, now for Helton. So, uh, I don't see why would we would go back to uh, to Vlaco Dimos at this point. Yeah, t- look to me the the biggest issue here is uh, I don't have an issue with JJ in, in terms of how he's approached it. I know he's not the best communicator, and sometimes he doesn't express himself as as well as he should in a manner that everyone will understand <laughs> and not leave it up to interpretation. Uh, but to me, it's a non-issue with JJ. The issue that I have uh, is with Vlaco Dimos, right? Because at the first sign, uh, and as you mentioned, at the first sign of of a letdown or of a loss, the guy is ready to pack his bags and go. Uh, and I think that's why sometimes we there there's certain players that hold a special place in in Bifikis's heart. Um, Jardel being one of them. Jardel is the he is a professional through and through because he hasn't always been a starter. He's been at Benfica for a while now. He's probably the longest tenured player at Benfica. And the guy is always ready to give his contribution to the team. He's never cried. The other guy was is Paul Lopes. There was another guy, a third keeper that never really opened his mouth and said, well, I'm not happy with the situation. I'd like to go somewhere, blah, blah, blah. Unlike Luizão, we always saw Luizão, but Luizão didn't do it because because he was losing the spot, but rather there was some ambitions there with Luis Zahn. But that that's a that's another story. But the thing is that when when you're um in a team uh and you've been given every single condition to 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 be a professional uh and to to play for, for a great club such as Benfica, and when you have a statement like that, you show disrespect to the things that have been done uh, for you at the club. Uh, and it can't be at first sign of uh, defeat or a lo- some bench time that now all of a sudden 
you going to go talk to the media? Are you going to be vocal about your, your, your displeasure? Just take all that energy and put it into training. Do better. Find ways to improve. Find ways to deserve a chance. Uh, and that's what you do. That's pro what professionals do. Um, so I'm, I'm not too happy about Vlakovimush, but uh, I think that it just goes to show that there's a lot of players at this Benfica team uh, that aren't the best players in, in the squad uh, and are not always going to have starting minutes, but they're, they're professionals and they behave like professionals. They're respectful to the club. And to me, I just think that Vlakovim was, was, is being disrespectful to the club. That's that's how I feel. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's kind of along the lines. And and I agree with what you said. If you're not happy, hey, bye. But yeah, uh, you know, I, and I hope I hope if, if uh, this is this sets an example to the others in the the locker room, right? If you're if uh, we don't care who you are, right? I'm looking at those three uh, prima donnas right now: Pizzi, Rafa, and uh, Almeida. Uh, if they're not, uh, if they're going to sulk about losing their positions and, and demand a, a transfer out, uh, see you later. Like, thank you for your years of service on this team. And yep. I think that was one of the big uh, points or big negatives with this club uh, last season is that the uh, the inmates inmates were running the the jail here, right? We made the bed for Lodge and Lodge was was sacked, right? But Uh, surely JJ's getting uh, his hands on this team here and shaping it how uh, he wants to see it going forward. Yeah, no, uh, look, uh, you can't be a prima donna. You got you gotta think that you're part of a squad that's 23 or 25 deep and you should be there for your teammate, much like your teammates should be there for you. Uh, so these outbursts of individualistic and maybe selfishness have for me have no place in a team and if he wants to leave Benfica should only sell him for the amount that they feel they should get and if there's no offers for that you could sit in the bench for the whole next season or he could be the third keeper all next season for all I care so and I think also in that same interview is that he said that He wants to leave Benfica, but it's not to go to a club that's a lower stature of Benfica. But I'm <laughs> looking at that now. What club at a lower stature of Benfica is going to want Vlaco Dimos? Like, no disrespect to him, but I don't think the way his game was before he uh, started riding the bench here, I don't see a bigger club, a, a club that a higher stature of Benfica going out to buy Vlaco Dimos to being their starting keeper unless he wants to ride the bench somewhere else. Yeah, no, look, he's he's a, a national team player, and I guess he, he, he plans to leverage that. Um, he plans to, to leverage that uh, when he does the negotiations. But certainly, you're right, there's it's a, there's a guy with some shortcomings, and uh, maybe you'll end up at a, at a mid-table Spanish team, or maybe you'll go to Greece, or uh, maybe you'll go to England some, somewhere, but... Uh, I, I don't think that he's uh, he'll be a player for uh, the top teams in the top five leagues. That's for sure, not at all. But we'll we'll see what happens. There's uh, there's nine games left in the season now after this uh, Maritim game, which we'll get into it shortly. Um, but but yeah, I think that Vlakovimus has, has kind of made his bed, has made his bed, and now uh, let him sleep in it for the rest of the season. Uh, and it, the biggest thing is that. Uh, he's been playing all the cup games and now you got to think that 
maybe he doesn't even get a chance to play the Portuguese Cup game final. Yeah, not knock on wood, barring injury, I don't think he makes another start for the uh, the rest of the season here. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, so Maritim this past weekend at Stadio Luz, Elton Leite was in goal. Uh, Gonçalves, Verissimo, Otamendi, Grimaldo across the back. Julian Weigel and Tarapt. Rafa on one side, Everton on the other. Walt Schmidt behind Seferovic. Uh, Pizzi, uh, who picked up his, his, his fifth yellow card uh, against, um, against Braga. And I don't know. I, I thought at the time when I saw it, I thought it was kind of forced. Uh, and here's another guy that you can make an argument also that he's not happy, uh, that he's kind of lost his status, that he's lost his starting status, that he's not that focal point of the team as he has been in past years. Uh, the prima donna, as, as we like to call him, and certainly there's a lot of numbers that go along with having that type of attitude and having um, the starring role that he has, but... Uh, there's a time that, uh, you know, you got to recognize that the team perhaps needs a little bit more from Pizzi than what he's able to give his contribution. So I don't know if that if that fifth yellow card that he picked up against Braga was something um, that he did on purpose. I don't know if he was instructed by uh, the technical staff to do it since Maritimo was uh, was a team that is in, in, the, in at the bottom of the table. Uh, and they felt, well, why don't you take a rest against Maritim like that? You wipe your slate clean and you're ready to go uh, for the rest of the season. So I, I'm not really sure, especially with Pas Freire after, after Maritim. I don't know if those were the instructions or, lot, uh, or not, but certainly I think that as you look at, at Pizzi and his contribution these past couple um, games, Braga and the game, the, a few more games before that, he's had that attitude where he comes on the field and looks like he doesn't, He's not into it. It's like Gabriel also. I don't know. There, like I said, there's a there's clearly uh, some some prima donnas in, in there. And Vlacodimos, if JJ wants to make an example out of Vlacodimos, I hope these other guys that uh, aren't seeing the uh, starting minutes right now, they're either going to work towards getting their place back. And if they're not, I'm going to sulk about it. There's a transfer uh, at the end of the season because God knows all these uh, all these rumors and the papers that Benfica is struggling for money now with uh, no fans in the seats uh, again this season. Uh, we are it looks like we're going to have to uh, sell some guys this off season and the players that don't want to be here and don't want to fight for their uh, positions. That's uh, easy money to uh, to go out the the door there. Yeah. No, I um I agree. Benfica might not get the the money that they would hope from them, but certainly as if we're in need of money, uh, any, any sell counts. Uh, Gabriel also picked up a knock before this Maritim game and couldn't play. Um, but you got a, a Benfica team that after a two week absence comes into this game. And certainly um, the rustiness was, was very evident. Uh, fortunately, and uh, by the grace of God, we finally got that one. We finally got the first PK called for us in the 19th minute uh, that Walsh Schmidt put us put us away, put it away, and 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 we went up one nothing, and that would end up being the the final scoreline. Uh, but Dave, a penalty that <laughs> that you look, yes, it was a penalty, but a lot of people could say, well, we've seen a lot of those penalties, and maybe worse than that, that, be, that ne- were never called from Benfica. 
Yeah, I feel like it was leading up to this match. The last couple of matches, we've been getting the penalty calls, but then VAR takes over five minutes later. Oh, no, it's not. It's been determined that it's not a a, a penalty. So here we, we had the penalty car, call, went to VAR, and then it was finally decided that it was still a good penalty, but uh, all leading up to this and what the... 22nd 20 what week are we in the in the uh the season here that we got our, our fourth i want to say 24th yeah so a long time coming and uh yeah there was definitely uh penalties that should have been called uh, uh if this we're going if we're using yeah if we're using this as an example of uh what a penalty is i feel like there were other penalties that weren't called but i i still believe that this was a a, a very uh, valid penalty at the uh, the end of the day here. No, I I believe it was a valid penalty, and but a lot of people want to make the argument that there was it was soft. But yeah, I mean you're hitting the back of the, of the of the leg, and it 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 causes you to lose your balance and, and fall uh, in the box. It's going to be a penalty all day, especially when you didn't get the ball. All you got was the leg. Um, but yeah, yeah that was our boy, our boy Hermes too, right? With the uh, the penalty <laughs> on Rafa there. Yeah, let the conspiracy, <laughs> let the conspiracy theorists go wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I thought that, uh, and, and look, this is probably one of the worst Maritim teams I've seen in a while. And I thought that Benfica, aside from not creating enough chances, and and there was times that the team didn't play with pace, and there goes that thing about me saying that they were rusty after coming back from the international break. Um, the only negative that I really saw from this first half was the fact that Benfica didn't create enough chances or should have created more chances uh, than they did. Uh, nonetheless, a game where you come out of the international break and you're rusty, it's it's a good result. But against a, a Maritimo team who's, who's fighting to stay in the first division, should have done, should have done better, especially with uh, then some of the more blatant opportunities that we had in, in the second half. The one on one with uh, Seferovic, I think that uh, Otamendi had one uh, to cap off a, a wonderful play, a wonderful team play. You couldn't put it away, but again, it's Otamendi; he's not a forward. Uh, and then I think that Darwin also had one. I think Shikinu had one right at the end, uh, where basically they trounced Maritim's team in the box and then Chiquinho had an open uh, look on net and he couldn't put it away. It was blocked. Uh, and then you got Elton late making a safe to keep Benfica in the game. So, um, but they've, I'm looking at this game and I think that th- the one thing that has dramatically improved on this team has been the defense. And as you mentioned, uh, the insertion of, uh, of uh, Lucas Vrissim has been a breath of fresh air in this in this def, def, defense, and and not that Otamendi and Vertonghen weren't doing bad. I just think that the fact that he has speed uh, and the fact that he's a good reader of the game, I think it it brings a lot to this team. Um, so as we go into the normal Benfica that we have experienced for the past uh, eight, nine, ten months of. Uh, scoring a goal and then falling asleep, then allowing the other team to come back. I never really felt um, that Maritim was going to be able to score just because of how this defense has improved and how solid the defense looks right now. I don't know if that's yeah. what you felt. 
Yeah, for sure. The same same uh, feelings here. Just the like you said, the rustiness and the inability to convert on the uh, chances that uh, we had was either we were making creating uh, the opportunities, and then right at the end when it came time to getting uh, the shot on goal, we were either hitting the keeper straight uh, straight on, or shots were being blocked, or it was just a complete miss. But yeah, the uh, the rustiness was definitely on display in the uh, the final sector there. But other than that, um, we can't complain too much. We got uh, the three points, like you said, after two weeks uh, being away for uh, the international break. Uh, I think it was a positive result. Uh, would have liked to have seen a little bit more of a more of a rhythm, considering we've got an important game coming up against Pasfreda. But hopefully. That's what uh, these uh, training sessions during the week are for uh, leading up to this big game this weekend. Yeah. Numbers on this game, Dave. Okay. Uh, like you said, we got our, our first PK of the uh, season uh, with PT suspended and not starting. Waldschmidt was the uh, PK taker and converted, uh, scored his first goal uh, in, in the league since January 8th. Uh, his 10th goal of the uh, season across all competitions, which is a career best for uh, Waldschmidt in his young career. Uh, Benfica's won their past uh, five league games and picked up clean sheets in their past six games, uh, a record that hasn't occurred since 2014-2015. And uh, Chris's boy, JJ, picked up his 250th uh, victory as Benfica manager. Yeah, no, the, so that's right. So... Um... A tricky game because of the break in international uh, play. You get the three points at home against a not-so-good uh, Maritim, but it could have gone a, a different way also. Um, Sporting, who lost uh, points uh, in, in this round against Murerens, uh, so we clawed, some, clawed a couple points back, uh, but still too far of a distance. Um, next up is Pas Freire. That game happens uh, this uh, Saturday at eight thirty local. Um, what's uh, what? What are Pippa's men up to? Uh, they're kind of the Cinderella team of the season so far, if you want to call them that. Uh, fifth place with uh, forty four points uh, from thirteen wins, five draws, seven losses. Uh, nine place or nine points behind fourth place Braga. Nine points ahead of sixth place Guimarães. So I think they're at one point they were uh, looking to threaten into getting into the top four, but I think it's kind of out of reach for them now. And they're really cemented in that fifth place uh, for the league. Uh, last time Benfica's dropped points to Pash Ferreira was March, 2017. Uh, but since, since then we've uh, won all of our last six meetings. Yeah, I think that uh, the game in 2017 is is a game that will live forever in in Chris's uh, memory uh <laughs> because I remember him being really upset at that game because it was a very crucial game and if he got lost points uh there but uh, yeah, and look, here's another team that has only lost one game at home this season with nine games to go in the in the season. So it's 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 remarkable and as you mentioned, the Cinderella story of the season and, and what Pepe has been able to do with uh, with his men up at uh, Capital do Móvel. Uh, and playing up there is never, never easy. Uh, regardless of whether you have fans or not, it's a very narrow and small field. Uh, so Bifico will have their hands full. 
um, against this um, against this past Freda game, uh, this past Freda team. Uh, I'll, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. But yeah, I think that uh, Pas Freda is is probably in a very good position to make Europe for next season. Um, with nine games to go, uh, nine points ahead of Guimarães, as you mentioned. But uh, it's it's a very it's an extremely tricky fixture for for Benfica, and I'm glad that this wasn't the first game after international break. Yeah, for sure. And they and they gave us a, a quite the scare when we played them at the uh, the Luge there. If it wasn't for Waldschmidt's uh, last minute uh, header on that, they we get the two one result. But if you don't re- recall that game, they uh, really came at us and. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, had more shots and more oper- goal scoring opportunities than uh, we did in that in that match, and they were definitely not a team that sat back. They brought uh, they brought the game to Benfica at that uh, that first uh, f- first picture. Yeah, absences for this game: Douglas Tank is going to be uh, out for Pasfreira, Marco Vaishinu, and Mohamed Diaby, uh, both injured. Douglas Tank is um, from a, a, a red card suspension that he picked up uh, this past game. For Benfica, André Almeida, André Chamares, Gabriel, and Nuno Tavares, albeit Nuno Tavares may be doubtful for that game, uh, look like are going to be unavailable for Benfica. Hugo Miguel will be um, the ref for this game. So interesting uh, interesting fixture here for, uh, for Benfica. Another challenge here as uh, Benfica prepares to enter this final stretch of the season in which they still have their destiny in their hands in terms of getting to second place. Uh, and especially with Porto uh, playing midweek um, is always going to be tricky for them. So all Benfica really needs to do is they keep, they need to keep doing their job. Uh, and if they do, uh, they're going to end up in, in second place and, and really locking up that uh, automatically automatic berth into the Champions League group stages. So it'll be good. Dave, thoughts? What do you what do you think? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Uh I'm feeling it's gonna be a, a tricky match, but uh we ultimately get the the three points. I don't know if it's gonna be one one nothing score result or a two one uh score result, but I think it's gonna be uh tricky, but we ultimately get the the three points coming out. Yeah. I think so too. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think if Benfica gets back to uh, what they were showing up until the Braga game, I think that uh, we're probably not going to lose many more or lose many more points uh, for the rest of the season. Which I hope that is uh, that is the case certainly because there was a lot of expectations on this team and and they were very short. So if we could cap it off with uh, locking second place. And then winning the Portuguese Cup against uh, Braga, I think that uh, that's the very least that we could ask from this team after uh, such big expenditure in terms of players and coaching staff and what the expectations were put on this team in the beginning of the season. So we'll just have to see. High expectations, but we also got uh, demolished there by uh, that huge COVID outbreak too, right? So I think... At the end of the season, if that's what we're talking about, a, a second place and a, uh, a cup under our belt, I think over overall, we can't be too disappointed. Yeah, no, I don't think that it will be um, it'll be too bad. I think especially with the lack of Portuguese cups uh, that we have in our 
historic. Um, I think that getting that Portuguese cup is always a highlight of uh, at the end of the season, and I hope that we could uh, grab one. So that's uh, that's all we got uh, for you this week. Next week we'll be back. We'll look uh, back at the Pass Freire game and see how the game went, and we'll look ahead to Gil Vicente, which is Benfica's next game uh, for the league. So uh, thank you for um, for checking us out. Sorry for for being absent for a few weeks, and sorry for being late um, this week. So we we'll promise we'll be back to our regularly scheduled program next week. Dave. Always a pleasure, my friend. Any last words? No, great to be back. It's like uh, getting back on the bicycle. At, uh, once you learn, you uh, don't forget. It was like getting back on the bicycle this uh, yeah. this evening here. Yeah, that's right. All right, everybody, take care. Have a great rest of the week and Forza Benfica. <laughs>